Welcome to the One Mind Podcast from AboutMeditation.com. My name's Morgan Dix, and I'm your host. On One Mind, we explore different angles on meditation, mindfulness, and health. We interview experts and everyday practitioners to bring you the stories, the science, and the exploration that will help you understand why this ancient practice is more relevant and important today than ever before. Hi everyone, welcome to the show. Today we're going to talk about stress and the relationship between stress and meditation and mindfulness, a super important topic. Today is going to be one of the shorter episodes. I think of them as sort of in-between episodes. They give me a chance to talk about a topic that I've been thinking about and I want to share with you some of my thoughts, some of the recent science. And in this episode, we're going to really cover some ways that you, four, four essential ways that you can deal with stress, manage stress through meditation and mindfulness. And we're going to talk about some of the science. We're going to talk about some of the context around stress. And I think you're going to find it very useful. And before we jump in to the meat of today's episode, if you like the show, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a rating and a review. That's definitely the best way that you can help other meditators discover our show. So great, let's dive in. So you've probably heard already, it's everywhere, stress is a killer. And that is literally true. The science is clear. And with all of our success and achievement, there is an invisible cost. Our physical, emotional, and psychological health, they take a beating over time, and sometimes there's no return. So stress is addictive. Just like caffeine is the magic ingredient that powers our love for coffee, which, by the way, I'm having a cup right now, Chronic stress often fuels high-performing individuals. But something interesting is happening in the world of stress management, a kind of a sea change. It's been a long time coming. Can you guess what it is? Yeah, you're right. This is a meditation podcast, so of course, yeah, meditation. In 2014, and probably before that to some extent, we started to see a stampede of businesses embrace the ancient art of meditation as an effective countermeasure to stress. And not just any businesses. We're talking about a host of Fortune 500 organizations. So why is that? Well, there are a few reasons. For one, stress, it turns out, is really expensive and hard on the bottom line. In the UK, alone, the Mental Health Foundation estimates that work-related stress costs British businesses more than three billion, billion pounds a year. So for those of us in the U.S. translation, that's about $4.6 billion. So that's kind of shocking and definitely sounds like an epidemic if you ask me. And as good as mindfulness is at countering stress, it's also being promoted now in the workplace as a way to re-energize employees and to elevate performance. Corporate mindfulness coaches are proliferating across Silicon Valley, Wall Street, and beyond. And I'm sure 
you've probably heard about like you have these paradigms of industry, the financial services industry, companies like Goldman Sachs, where their culture is probably one of the most competitive in anywhere. These folks are being exhorted by their managers to take up meditation. So that's, that's amazing. And of course, a whole nother, we could do a whole nother podcast just talking about the conversation around that, whether it really makes sense for companies to be using mindfulness to get an edge on the competition. That, that's a whole additional conversation. We're not going to treat that here. It's an interesting conversation, but we're not going to go into that at this point. What we want to talk about now is stress. So what is stress exactly? So there's a stress management expert named Elizabeth Scott, and she defines stress as the collection of physiological changes that occur when you face a perceived threat, when you face situations where you feel the demands outweigh your resources to successfully cope. That's a great definition. I'm going to repeat it. Stress happens when you face situations when you feel the demands outweigh your resources to successfully cope. So in those moments, what happens is stress triggers our fight or flight response. It shuts down the executive function in our brain, in our prefrontal cortex, our hippocampus, one of the key parts of our brain associated with memory and learning, it's covered with these stress receptors. So when we get stressed, the hippocampus becomes incredibly sensitive. And it's been shown over time that people who are constantly stressed, their hippocampus, it actually shrinks. And that is one of the long-term corrosive effects of stress. Thankfully, it can be reversed and we can deal with that. And we're going to get into that so stress, it shuts down this executive function in our brain and fills us with adrenaline and cortisol. And these were great hormones like a million years ago when they helped us to fight dinosaurs and saber-toothed tigers when we were living in the jungle. But not so much when our boss is pushing us to produce at a higher level. But that's exactly where we tend to experience the equivalent of those ancient threats to our survival. And not only there, when we watch the news in the morning, we're seeing these catastrophic events. You're seeing them and you're perceiving them through your mind. But as the author Ruby Wax talks about, our body doesn't have the same filter that our mind does. It perceives that threat when it's watching the news, when it's seeing all the insanity, when it's seeing earthquakes and tsunamis and murder and uh you know we don't have to go into all of it but but you know what they feature on the news your body is having a constant stress response to that and so the news which is all around us is often propagating media that's just lit, just stresses us out and then our bodies our nervous system responds and we dump all sorts of cortisol into our body can you relate and if you can you may want to consider thinking about meditation as a way to balance your stress. And these days, there really is extensive research showing how meditation not only mitigates the effects of stress, it can also reverse them. So this stress expert I was talking about, 
Elizabeth Scott. So she really underscores this point, saying that the benefits of meditation are manifold because it can reverse your stress response and shield you from the effects of chronic stress. It activates what pioneering Harvard-trained physician Herbert Benson calls our relaxation response. And we've talked about that before on the show. And she goes on to say that when you're practicing meditation, your heart rate and breathing slow down. Your blood pressure normalizes. You use oxygen more efficiently. You sweat less. Your adrenal glands produce less cortisol. Your mind ages at a slower rate. Can you believe that? That's amazing. And your immune function improves. Your mind also clears and your creativity increases. End quote. So fortunately, it's becoming easier to learn how to manage stress through meditation as hospitals, businesses, coaches, and therapists everywhere and podcasts like this one all embrace this approach to stress management. So it brings up an interesting question. Is stress a necessary cost of success? We don't achieve great things without working incredibly hard and embracing some measure of stress. I mean, to be honest, when I was living in the yoga and meditation ashram, we were doing all the spiritual practice two hours a day but it, it could be incredibly stressful. And thank God we had all that meditation to, to really help absorb the pressure and stress. But when it's chronic, not great. So it's true we don't achieve great things without working really hard and em- embracing some measure of stress. And that, that's fine. I think it's necessary. But without a reliable and consistent way to balance that stress, you are going to pay a very steep price. So what is that price? I'm talking about burnout, compromised well-being, an unfocused mind, a general sense of angst or disillusionment or disenchantment with life and a sense of spreading yourself too thin. None of this is really a secret. These are the common side effects of success for most of us. But are they necessary? And more to the point, can you and I afford them? Can we really afford that cost, that kind of stress, as a cost of success? So according to a recent article from Popular Science magazine, chronic stress, they say, could be killing us. So looking at the latest research, they put together a list of stresses, adverse effects from, quote, the cellular level on up to our major biological systems, from the health of our nervous cardiovascular and digestive systems to our cells, immunity, metabolism, and sleep, the effect of chronic stress is devastating. Fortunately for us, it's never too late to put down this addiction and start stimulating your relaxation response. Developing a meditation habit can help you achieve that balance as you develop really an inner wellspring of confidence and well-being. So let's break it down. As you reach for success and achievement in whatever you do, how does meditation help you manage stress? How can you find balance? So here are four common ways that stress compromises our performance, compromises our well-being, compromises our equilibrium, and how mindfulness and meditation can help you turn it around.
the first category is burnout. Burnout is a killer. You have big goals, big visions, and big plans, so you need to keep your batteries charged. Burnout happens when you tap your core energy reserves without replenishing them. So maybe you know what I'm talking about. It's like, it's like hitting a brick wall. Unfortunately, it's a very real obstacle for high-performing individuals who also manage a family, friends, and lots of other commitments. Meditation, though, it's one of the best ways to prevent burnout. Why? Because it taps you into a limitless source of energy. But what is that energy? I like to think about it as life, the, just the wholesome source of life itself pure and unmediated. A lot of people don't know this, but when you meditate, you sink into a part of yourself that's regenerative. And numerous scientific studies have shown that meditation triggers your relaxation response, which is a physical state of deep rest that changes the physical and emotional responses to stress. It's the opposite of our fight or flight response. So that's happening on one level, the physical level. But mindfulness practice, it also gives you access to a deeper level of your own awareness, your own being. It's a part of your attention that's always at rest. It's untouched by the world of time and action. Spending time relaxed in this part of yourself is like plugging into a cosmic wall socket. It fortifies your deeper batteries and it creates space for fresh thinking and perspective. So when it comes to burnout at work, meditation, it is really one of your best preemptive measures. If you want to learn how to manage stress through meditation, a regular daily practice is definitely the way to go. It will restore your energy and focus while centering your mind and expanding your awareness beyond the crisis of the moment. So the second category is stress addiction. When you're trying to achieve big things, it's easy to start living off the energy of stress. I've seen it a lot and have fallen victim to it myself. Sure, there are benefits to stress because it, it definitely can propel us forward. It's one of the key drivers in the march of evolution over macro spans of time. But in our culture, stress is chronic and it's often acute. So many of us struggle to manage it. And the, the toll is heavy on our health, as we said, and on our humanity. There's a heavy cost to living off of this kind of stress and it isn't always obvious. So just let's pause, let's think about it for a moment. You are your most precious resource. But when you live with chronic stress, you're redlining your nervous system all the time. Even the best performance sports car will seize up if you keep the RPMs too high for too long. So it's the same with you and me. Stress, it erodes our energy, our cognition, our bodies, and it can only take you so far. 
And that's really where meditation comes into the picture. Meditation and stress are opposites. A regular meditation practice, it helps you cultivate access to the dimension of yourself that is free from anxiety, worry, and the pressure of deadlines. It grounds you in the present moment. And in that present moment, you have a sense of timelessness. It's, it's literally the opposite of stress. Stress makes you feel there's no time. Time is a deficit. It's a, it's a fundamental sense of scarcity. Scarcity of inner resources, scarcity of outer resources. Meditation, it inwardly promotes the feeling, the felt sense of abundance, the sense of well-being, the sense of plenty of energy. It's a generative state of being. And when it comes to time, fundamentally you feel you have time. So naturally, it opens up your creative faculties. When you, when you don't have all that pressure, but when you have goals, that's a very rich combination. So as you practice meditation and you access the still, calm center of yourself, you'll start to notice something interesting. Your capacity to let go of the things that create stress increases. And as that capacity grows, you'll find that you're developing a preference for calm and centered composure over stress. You may even start to see your own tranquility and poise rubbing off on other people. So this shift in your preference for relaxing over redlining is huge. And it's how meditation can help you break your addiction to stress. Number three, lack of focus. So meditation can help you center your mind. That's something all of us need, and it takes practice. Just like investing money in a mutual fund, time spent in meditation pays dividends. So what are those dividends? It's really your capacity to focus your mind when you need it the most. Often, your mind, if you're like me, can feel like your best friend and your worst enemy. And that's a problem because you need your mind to be steady when you're trying to achieve big things, whatever it is. The problem with chronic stress is this. It divides your mind and it destroys your focus. So how do you steady your mind? Contrary to popular belief, it's not through trying to stop your thoughts. You'll have better luck bottling up a tornado. Instead, Meditation teaches you how to be at ease with the unpredictable and inevitable turbulence of your own mind. The benefit is that you won't lose focus if your thoughts are running wild like an unruly toddler. As you stick with your practice, you will discover a new confidence in yourself and your capacity to let go of stress and focus in the present moment. Number four, 
spreading yourself too thin. So let me ask you, do you spread yourself too thin? This is another challenge for stressed out leaders. And by leader, I use that word loosely. You could be the leader of your family. You could be leading two small children. You could be leading a company. Leadership is a skill. It's an orientation that we all fluidly and dynamically inhabit all the time. So, and of course, sometimes the stakes are a little higher in certain situations, but we all need to be leaders. So spreading ourselves out too thin, it's another challenge for stressed out leaders. And meditation can help. So when I meditate, I always return to the center of myself. From that center, I know that anything's possible. I feel that I can conquer the world. But there's also a catch. If I leave that center, I lose touch with that feeling of confidence and conviction. You see, meditation, it fills us with a sense of positivity. Being alive is a beautiful thing. And meditation helps us to know that in the core of our being. But it's easy, especially when you're feeling your best, to overcommit and spread yourself too thin. That's also true for high-performing individuals. And when it happens, we find ourselves a million miles from home, scrambling and wondering how we got there. So how can mindfulness help? For me, it means slowing down and honoring that calm space I discovered in meditation. Valuing that space is really what mindfulness is all about. And when you start to respect that calm center in yourself, you begin to make different choices. You consider what actions are going to support your equanimity and focus and which ones are going to spread you too thin. And in truth, you can never stay centered when you are spread too thin. You'll generate stress, resentment, and other strong emotional responses that knock you off your game. So we just covered four basic categories or steps to managing stress through meditation. And, and now I want to leave you with this. Tune in to this quality of mindfulness we've been talking about. Slow down and honor that calm center that you're beginning to discover in yourself or that you've already discovered in yourself. If you do, I guarantee you'll be surprised what can happen and how quickly you can beat back the stress that's been eroding your health, your well-being, your performance, no matter what it is. And of course, meditation is more than merely an antidote to stress. I'm pretty sure I don't need to say that, but for me, it's a big part of what makes life amazing. And if you recognize that stress is taking a toll on your life, these four tips are definitely going to help, but you can also expect that meditation will do much more for you than what I've pointed to in this short episode. Like any other aspect of your work-life balance, meditation is just one part of the whole picture. But I want you to have no doubt, it's a very important part of that picture. 
So I hope you enjoyed today's show about how to manage stress through meditation. And if you like the show, I encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a rating and a review. Let me know how I'm doing. Let me know where you'd like me to go in the next show. I love your feedback. It's always helpful and I read all of it. This show is sponsored by our free Meditation for Life guided meditations. And you can pick those up over at aboutmeditation.com. Today, we're going to end with a quote from Swami Muktananda. And he writes, The world is nothing but a school of love. Our relationships with our husband or wife, children and parents, friends and relatives. These are the university in which we are meant to learn what love and devotion truly are.